0: Listening to Everyday Conversations, a podcast by the Gospel Coalition Australia. Following Jesus is a whole of life pursuit. As friends talk and share and learn and ask, we pray that you would be encouraged to think deeply. great to, to be able to talk to uh, two of my friends uh, in the U.S. just now. Um, I do know with everyday conversations, there's nothing kind of scheduled or scripted about this, um, nor is it or any of us speaking on behalf of any organization. This really is me brothers catching up to talk about one of the most important issues I think that we face today. Um, I'm Gary Miller. Uh, Principal of QTC in Brisbane and Chair of the Council of the Gospel Coalition and uh, today I'm talking to uh, Anya Anjabwili in Washington DC and John Omuchekwa in Atlanta. Uh, guys, so good to be able to talk to you like this. Uh, just to give us some context, if you, uh, start with Tabidi. first Tabidi and then John, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are, just a few lines about about your church?
1: Yes, good to see you, brother. Good to be with you uh, again, have this conversation. Uh, I miss being there in Australia with you guys. Uh, We're in Washington, D.C., and I'm one of the pastors of a church, Anacostia River Church, that's about five and a half years old uh, here in the inner city uh, of Washington, D.C., predominantly African-American section of the city. And uh, yeah, just trying to be faithful to Jesus and the gospel and to love our neighbors uh, here in the neighborhood.
0: Brilliant, John, what about you? Oh, just to say, just this really is an everyday conversation because you uh, don't get held up, so John's in the car for the first part. I'm in the, the
2: car day. driving back, yeah. Excellent. Seven <laughs> minutes from home, seven <laughs> minutes from home,
0: so, so yeah. If you can safely speak on the streets of Atlanta, John, tell us, uh, tell <laughs> right. us a little bit about you and about church.
2: Uh, yeah, so I'm John, I'm uh, John Anwachequa from Houston, Texas. I live in Atlanta, Georgia right now. Um, I pastor a church that's a little more than five years old um, on the southwest side of Atlanta, but in a neighborhood very much like the one that uh, the Beatty's in. Um, Yeah, happy to be
0: here. Excellent. Now, when you say, I mean, your your neighborhood, uh, both your neighborhoods kind of fairly kind of socioeconomically mixed or kind of just give us a little bit of a picture of the, the neighborhoods that you live and work in.
2: Yeah. So, ours is um, predominantly black, lower income. Um, yep. There was a major uh, financial crisis that hit the US 11 years ago and our zip code was the one hardest hit with the mortgage fraud and all that. So it's yet 11 years later, and just now starting to bounce back from that. So recently, it's become a little more diverse, but it's still predominantly African American, lower, lower class. Right?
1: Yeah, very similar. Um, We were the last time I looked at these numbers, we were about 92% African American. Um, that's changed a bit um, because of gentrification. Uh, Washington D.C. is the most rapidly gentrifying city in the country. Um, the the sort of median income in the city is one hundred and sixty thousand. The the median income in our neighborhood is about thirty four thousand U.S. Um, so significant income disparity uh, and and poverty and and opportunity. It's, we're in an opportunity desert in that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, you know, all of us have been kind of trying to feel our way through the whole COVID 19 situation. But in the middle of that, um, you guys in the US, initially in the US and then globally, have also been working through another whole set of issues as uh, George Floyd's death kind of kicked off, certainly from our perspective, kicked off uh, a whole new discussion. Um, around kind of Black Lives Matter. Just tell us what's it been. What's life been like for the past couple of months in your community, and to, to what extent has this dominated things in the life of church in the community? Uh, to be disturbing you.
1: Yeah, um, uh, it's been interesting, man. I, given some of the, the the longstanding issues in our community, I think a lot of people wrestle with uh, a kind of nihilistic despair as a kind of baseline yeah um, and so things are are often um just kind of bogged down with a weightiness and um uh, as i said a despair so these things tend to be kind of sparks that like the that like the kindling a bit, and, uh, and that's certainly been true in the city um so the city has seen sort of non stop protests since george floyd's murder um I think there's an interesting combination of um new awareness for a lot of people and right. um insistence on change uh that feels new to me and and i mean when you mentioned you know the protests you guys have had there in australia and so many other places around the country that that stunned me that that i'm, I'm accustomed to facing these kinds of things kind of as a community trying to convince the rest of the world and to see the rest of the world whether because they had a a, a new ability to think about these things because of the pandemic or whether something deeper is happening to see the rest of the world go, Oh, no, 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 this is not right. Um, we, we want to stand for what's right too. That's been striking. So there's a, there's a, there's a new kind of hopefulness, I think, um, in that regard.
0: John, what about you? Is Is that, is that being mirrored in Atlanta?
2: The exact same thing. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, not long after George Floyd's death, um, less than two miles from where I live. So, at a fast food chain that's on the way to the gym that I go to work out at, uh, Rayshard Brooks, yeah, another black man, was uh, yeah, 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 yeah sh- uh shot by the police, murdered, and um, being so close to my home here, then you really start to learn the story and what went on and how it's all right it's not just what folks saw on tv it's he's asleep in his car they come and wake him up he asks if he can walk home they say no he asks them for a ride home they say no and so it's like it it just seemed like um yeah folks here were like all right now this is not something that we see on the the news like we literally smell the burnt down Wendy's and uh there's there's yeah that same thing just a greater sense of despair one but then out on the streets and the protests and yeah this is this is as diverse a crowd that I've seen involved in in all of it so I think that's where a little bit of the hope comes from that a time where it was just trying to get people to see there's a problem but now to have it's strange right so now to have the entire world chanting black lives matter and understanding what it means but then still being in a place we're so close to home even within some of our churches and uh, denominations there's still a sense of I don't understand how anybody here could be blind to it, but they are. So it's a hopeful time but still just still a, a confusing time as well.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, even this morning I watched <laughs> I watched a little bit of Premier League soccer from you know, from the UK. You know, and, and at the start of the game, you know, kind of everyone's down on one on one knee but but it is i you know i'm wondering okay so what's what's the next what's the next step what actually comes out of this wave and i know here in australia you know because because of our own issues with indigenous people you know i think there is there's a determination to work through you know to work through some of these issues that that certainly is a new wave of that you know it's probably more prominent than i've seen in the last you know 9 years that that i've been living here but would you say within, within your churches, is this, is there any tension within your churches or essentially is the body united in kind of being concerned together for this?
1: Yeah, I, I think at least in terms of our own congregation, there is a, a sort of unity in concern, but there is also some diversity in perspective. Yep. So we, we sort of in our membership in terms of people's sort of political outlooks, we have folks who are sort of on the right, folks who are on the left, lots of folks in the middle. Um, and when it comes to uh, conversations about specifically what should be done, I think there we, we admit a little bit more diversity. But we, we share a common concern for, um, for the tragedies, I think, and, and for the injustices. Um, and so, you know, it, it's been interesting, though, if I, that's my snapshot answer. If I give you a slightly um, longer answer, a little, little time-lapse photography, yeah. I think what's actually happened over the last five years uh, for us as a church is that the Lord seems to have kind of shored off uh showing off the the further right and the further left um and yep. and those folks have, have found it difficult to be um in the church together found it difficult not to hear uh frankly their their sort of pet political positions expounded as if they're the biblical position um and um and some have struggled with whether or not the church should even be um, talking about these things and we, we've tried to help them gently um, grow in their knowledge of the Scripture, or or go uh, to some place where they, you know, feel more comfortable. And, and um, but for our part, uh, we want to be univocal about uh, what's good and right and just and holy in the sight of the Lord.
0: Wow, oh, that's great, uh, John. Good to see you. Yeah, <laughs> you made it made it safely home. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you were able if you were able to follow. Uh, I was? Him. I uh, heard it. Is that a similar similar story? Uh, for you guys at Cornerstone?
2: Yeah, so I think we may be a couple of steps uh, right behind the beating on his uh, heels. So I do think there are, um, we don't have as many people on the extremes, but I think we are at the stage right now where increasingly we're having conversations and it is, yep, some people are going to have to grow um, and some people are going to have to go, right? So. Personally, for me, I mean, there's been a journey, right? At the end of 2018, I had to apologize to my church as we were preaching through Proverbs and we talked about the power of words. And it was right after our anniversary. And I had to apologize to our church saying that um, in not wanting to join the fray of people that used unhelpful words harshly, uh, I was guilty of harming our church by my non words in speaking out on these things. And there was a shift there and we've had some folks leave, but now as things are increasingly starting to heat up as the world has changed and now this changed world has changed me, and I'm gonna say that, and it's just narrowed my focus and what I feel like that the Lord has put me here for, um, just preparing folks to, embrace that change. And I do think this is the right and true direction that we're going to move in a church. And so we're at the beginning part of uh, people feeling as if we're being overly partisan because of our moral concern for issues that face people like us. So we're just on the front end of trying to help our church rethink that. Yeah.
1: And it is interesting in it, Jano, that I love the way you said people who th- feel like you're being partisan because right. of your moral concern. Right. It, yeah. is, it is interesting how people hear moral positions as partisan positions Absolutely. when it's not their position. When it's right. not their yeah. position, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And and the ways in which a genuine partisanship um, you know, sort of just sort of works its way through the church in the attitudes of some people and they don't recognize it. No. Right? Um, yeah. And so I, similar to John, I had the same situation a couple of years ago. I had to apologize, not for not being outspoken, but being too outspoken and, and sometimes right. not right. helpful, right. you know? So I was on the other end of that and um, just consistently faced the accusation of being partisan. I just thought yeah. I, I've not endorsed any candidate or no any firm. party platform yeah. I'm speaking to you what about what I think is right and wrong from the scripture. So, and it was funny. eye-opening to me to do a series, um, on justice, biblical justice. I remember that series. Yeah. And have, and having folks responding to me like, this is two partisan." And I'm like, I'm reading you the Bible. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know, what are you talking about right now? We talk about the Bible. Right. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's, I, I think there's a discipleship that's necessary. Um, in, in, in a lot of churches in, in the United States. And and what I love about John's point and about John's leadership, and I, I feel it in my own soul, is I think there's also the necessity of, of a certain kind of moral clarity that yeah. centers the right things without apology and mm-hmm. um, shepherds people to the truth as best we can, but um, refuses any longer to sort of rub off the sharp edges um, right. for people who are centering their own sensibilities when they're not the ones dying and they're not the ones coming out of communities that are um yeah. been been broken the way they have by long years of policy and injustice. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I've seen, you know, in some debates over here <laughs> a few times I've seen the cultural Marxism thing oh, wow. banded around. Yeah. I can imagine sitting where you're sitting, that's that's pretty <laughs> difficult to hear. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So Difficult may not be the word right now, and I don't know if it's a, uh, (laughs) for me, it's just more of a, it's a signpost that as soon as that word is thrown around, for me, it's kind of like a, when they throw that word around, what I interpret it as is dead end, as far as conversation is concerned. I know. Yeah, yeah i'm uh I'm just not gonna drive down that street. I just need to continue to be about the work and i'm gonna let yep providence of the Lord and what we do be our vindication
0: yep
1: yeah yeah it's it's interesting it's a telltale sign gary um that you're normally talking with folks who are who are either in or influenced by um the fundamentalist strain of American Christianity um that has for a number of years now up until these sort of recent conf- conflagrations in the last five or ten years for a number of years was just kind of traveling in evangelical quarters um and and sort of acting as if they were sort of evangelical in the best sense of the word when actually their, their social ethics and and their positions and approaches to these things is really deeply fundamentalist and um like john it's like i yeah, that's just a conversation stopper, and I'm not losing any <laughs> sleep over that at
0: all. Yeah, i, yeah. I if, uh, if you don't mind me asking, I mean your your uh, your football team's about to change its name and Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> <we, we play laughs> Indians
1: lots of things about to change. <laughs> it, it, the risk is man. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, but but that you know that kind of that tip of the whole sort of cancel culture you know all the the continuing argument about um you know the confederate flag and statue as 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 christians who view history a little bit differently in a sense that you know all of us you know leave a mixed legacy we're all sinful just wondering to what extent is that a live issue for for your people you know these kind of symbols that just kind of are you know littered across the american landscape And how much of that is, you know, kind of just babble, you know, up here, you know, like tearing down Mount Rushmore or whatever? To what extent are those things really kind of striking at people's hearts? Yeah. And and by
1: our
2: people, you mean the church
1: or?
0: Yeah, primarily the church. (laughs) Okay.
1: Go ahead, gentlemen.
2: Symbols, I think, are helpful because even if even if you're unsuccessful in eradicating the symbol but uh but you have an intent to do so that at least that much starts a conversation that communicates this is an important matter right so i don't want to say symbols are nothing however i don't think they're everything either right so while we're grateful for all that stuff to take place i know there's like people in our communities that um that's not their main concern right that what the football team in washington is called doesn't really have a tangible um uh, effect on their day-to-day life so there is grassroots things that take place here in town like you know the policy to reallocate some of the police funding. Seventy million dollars to uh, uh away from police and towards other things in the community that need to be be built up that takes more of the headspace of folks in the community. Yep. The symbols are great to start the larger conversation. And I think in God's grace too, they're also an indictment on In a good way, on the church, whereas the NFL, NASCAR, you know, Asheville, North Carolina, you've got all of these groups that are starting to talk about it. And certain branches of the church are still hurling around the term cultural Marxism to absolve them of responsibility to do the same. I think it's a necessary and helpful indictment on the state of certain. Strings of the church here in
0: america
1: yeah yeah I, I think that's right. I think most of my people um, care much more about substantive policy and program changes, mm-hmm. though they do care about the symbolic power of right. statues and monuments and things of that sort and and I think by and large are like thrilled to see them coming down, thrilled to see right. these things changing and and I tend to think of these things as um, part of the bigger conversation in America right now about what it means to be a country, what it, right. what it means to have a national identity and a national story. Mm-hmm. Because arguably, Gary, um, America as a country uh, really isn't but about 60 years old. Um, because it was only about 60 years ago when all of its citizens were fully in, enfranchised to vote, for example, right. uh, and, and things of that sort. So this iteration of America is really quite young and how we sort of tell our national stories and and how national identity gets shaped and more importantly more fundamentally how christian identity reconfigures that national sense of identity and conversation that's a new project right now and I, i'm excited about how it's moving forward uh, that it is moving forward but um there's a real sense in which i think we're learning to be americans and and what that means and um hence a lot of the heat around the monuments and and the symbols
0: how, how can we, how can we pray for you guys just now?
1: John, you want to start?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, I got my <laughs> own little. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: you should you should ask for prayer for that, brother.
2: I know. Yeah, just just pray for grace. Um, we decided to leave uh, the Southern Baptist Convention a few weeks ago just because, it, to the Beatty's point, there were just aspects of it where I felt like, um, yeah. Um yep. I wrote three thousand words and put it on his website. So just pray for grace as we
0: Yeah. I kinda of navigate say the terrain. If anyone's interested, they should go and and read what you say what you said about for a very gracious, considered, godly explanation yeah. of why you were getting off the bus. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So the decision to leave his uh actually leaving has proven to be a little more complicated than the decision to leave. So just pray for us as we just try to do what we need to do so that we can faithfully be about our work here, distraction-free.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Similar prayer for us that we would be undistracted by broader evangelicalism and whatever is rolling through it at any given time. Um, I think that has at times taking our eyes off of the work that we have to do here in our in our own local community Um, and at times been a distraction um, for Mm -hmm. us Uh, so pray that we would have a a deeply biblical and robust um, vision for the gospel work that we're called to do uh, and the the, the sort of love your neighbor um, do Mm -hmm. justice uh, kind of work that the bible also calls us to do and that um, in that in that unity that we we might also experience the Lord's joy, and see His fruit.
0: Hmm. Listen, guys, thanks so much. It's been so useful. You know, I mean, so you know, it's been so helpful just to get a window into what's actually happening. You know, because right. you know, most of our news is obviously it's kind of on a very broad scale. Right, but to true. hear you guys talking about what it's actually like, you know, in D.C. and in Atlanta, right. you know, um, and also I think. For us, it's really helpful to, think, to to hear you speak about where you are, yeah. Because you know your situation is so different to ours, and yet you know there is a there is a very real issue in terms of how we how we love Indigenous people, how we take responsibility for the past. What it act as we begin to work out what it actually looks like to you know to to walk justly. In, in a very different, a very different situation. Mm-hmm. And apart from anything, it's just a, a delight to have the chance to talk to you guys. Yeah, um, you, you know, if if the Lord wills at some point, we may actually be able to sit in the same room and talk. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> to Amen.
2: Yeah, over where y'all are at, because things don't seem like they're getting yeah better anytime soon over here
0: so yeah you, yeah you, you yeah, can all you, come you come to queensland <laughs> right, <laughs> <laughs> right now, <laughs> that's <laughs>
1: we'd love it my family remembers it fondly they didn't want to <laughs> leave so <laughs> yeah pray pray for our country and and the administration's handling of of the pandemic yeah um, that's yep. a serious concern here uh as well
0: so uh, we would covet your prayers for that i said thanks so much for giving us this time to has got to go to an elders meeting John's got to go say hello to his family. So yeah. uh, <laughs> it's been great. We're deeply grateful to you. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you Thank, you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Everyday Conversations. You can find more information about TGCA at au.thegospelcoalition.org. Follow TGCA on Facebook and Instagram for the latest content.